Not long ago, selling a car was kind of a fire and forget process. A piece of hardware was sold and then maintained and repaired during lifetime, nothing more. A car today is what I call a moving super sensor packed with software. Hello and welcome to the 25 Days of Transformation series, where we talk to industry experts and global brands about the highs and lows of digital transformation. We'll learn from real-world business examples, get first-hand industry insights from the digital experts, and we'll take a deep dive into what trends to look out for in the coming months. I'm Tizzy Philp, Strategic Content Lead here at Valtech, and I'm here to guide you through these conversations and to uncover the latest and greatest in digital. I'm joined by Peter Ivanov, Managing Director of Valtech Mobility, a joint venture that Valtech has with Volkswagen Group with the aim of delivering software solutions centered around the connected car. Peter has been with Valtech Mobility for the last two and a half years and was formerly manager of technical development for Audi AG. So it's really exciting to have him with us. And Peter, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for the invitation. It's great to be here. So 2020 has obviously been a very interesting year for mobility. We've seen the introduction and proliferation of new digital business models, mobility as a service initiatives, and of course, the G2C engagement process. How would you sum up the last 12 months in this sector and what have been the most interesting developments in your view? Well, especially for Valtech Mobility, the two most interesting developments were, of course, COVID on the bad side and the formation of the Volkswagen Car Software Organization on the positive side. Uh, first, I, I would like to thank our colleagues at Valtech Mobility. I think our team did a great job working and managing through this exceptional year, and thank you guys for that. And then, 1st of July, the Volkswagen Car Software Organization started a huge project with the goal to bring about 10 to 11,000 software developers and enthusiasts together to make Volkswagen a true digital automotive company. We are very happy that we are a strategic partner of this endeavor, and I would like to thank our colleagues at the Cost Software Organization for the interesting projects we are already realizing together. In general, of course, the automotive industry took a massive hit during COVID. However, we see that the industry is recovering faster than expected with sales figures already above 2019 level at some OEMs, but it will take some time to compensate the loss, of course. There are also several big trends in the automotive industry like electrification, autonomous driving, mobility as a service, connectivity and connect services, which cost a lot of money, and in 2020, as you know, a lot of that money vaporized. Since these initiatives are exactly the field for which Valtic Mobility is offering solutions and products, we hope that OEMs will continue to work on those initiatives, but I'm sure they will. No OEM can afford to neglect those. Really interesting to hear that sales figures are increasing already. That's obviously incredibly uh, positive, but interesting nonetheless. The other thing that's really uh, important to go into is how our relationship with mobility is is changing and how it's changed over the last few years, not least in the face of a pandemic. Customers are expecting new ways of interacting with their cars now, new ownership models, 
easier payment processes and features. What are you seeing in the market or from our clients? Yes, before the pandemic, mobility as a service was kind of the next big thing. And we see that changing now. People want to feel secure. They are trying to avoid public transportation or even car sharing. They want to sit in their own vehicles where they can feel secure. I mean, 60% of the vehicle purchases in China in the spring of this year were made by customers who never owned a car before because they are afraid of using public transportation again. So we can clearly see that individually owned and driver-driven vehicles is still the prevailing way of mobility, and at least for those who can afford it. Remote payment functions, for example, are also a big topic in pandemic times. We see that there is a rising interest from OEMs for in-car payment for vehicle-related services, which could be paying for gas, paying for parking, for tolls, etc., as always, uh, a crisis also drives innovation in the automotive industry. There's also a challenge for the OEMs in today's market. What do you think the future looks like for them? And how can they get closer to these customers through these digital means, do you feel? Yeah, it's very important for OEMs to know the customer better. Not long ago, selling a car was kind of a fire and forget process. A piece of hardware was sold and then maintained and repaired during lifetime, nothing more. A car today is what I call a moving super sensor packed with software. You have to imagine that a modern car has about 100 million lines of code in it. The Curiosity rover, which was sent to Mars in 2012, had 5 million lines of code aboard, a Boeing Dreamliner about 15 million. So you can see that a car has a lot more software in it than a spaceship or aeroplane. <laughs> for high-end cars, yeah, that's really the case. For high-end cars, it is expected that the value of software will increase to about 30% of the vehicle's value until 2030. And if you as a customer are paying that much for it, of course, then you would expect the software to be maintained, updated, and repaired if necessary, like the OEM did with the hardware so far. Mm. However, all these software and sensors are a perfect foundation to learn more about the customers. OEMs can use the collected data to offer more digital services, not only vehicle-related, but also off-board services, as we say. And over-the-air functionality allows to add even more services and thus more value for the customer during lifetime of the vehicle. I mean, back in the days, a vehicle remained in the same state as you bought it, in the future, it will upload more services, just like your smartphone. So it's really the case that uh, these OEMs, the car manufacturers, they're really becoming software companies now, aren't they? It's not just, they're not just car manufacturers anymore, they're operating as software houses. Exactly. I mean, uh, an OEM has uh, to ask the question if it wants to stay a pure hardware provider, or if it also delivers the necessary software to support those digital business models. And digitalization has become as important as the driving experience. And do you feel, Peter, that most car companies and manufacturers are, are realizing that now and are, are working in that way? Or do you think there are still some lagging behind when it comes to positioning themselves in, in that way? I mean, for 
premium and luxury OEMs, it's of course easier to bring those services aboard and, and to offer those services. There are other OEMs, uh, especially in the in the high volume market, which do not have such uh, sophisticated connect services. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why you can see also that only mobile phones get connected and, and you basically mirror the functionalities of your mobile phone mm-hmm. uh, into your car. But I'd say that the premium OEMs worldwide uh, tend to establish software organizations and uh, develop those connect services on their own. Yeah. I think there are some fascinating things happening at the moment, particularly when we look at uh, the car manufacturers thinking more more heavily around the consumer. You know, this premise of offering services rather than products now. Uh, I heard about, you know, the ability to hire the air conditioning, you know, subscribe to air conditioning during the summer months and turn it off during the winter months. You know, these are uh, this is amazing functionality that is completely centered around the, the customer now. The other thing I think is really interesting is that the changing role of the dealerships. What's your take on on how the dealerships are changing? I know the Audi example is a, is a key one. What else are you seeing? Exactly, that the dealership has to change also. Um, as I said, uh, um, until now, a dealer had to sell hardware which is uh, probably more easier than, than selling some kind of, of software functionality, which is not that obvious uh, to a customer from the beginning. You need to build some kind of experience around these connect services. It's easy to, to sit in the car, feel the leather seats and, and uh, try things out. That's not that easy with software. So you have to create some kind of experience around connected services as well. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting to think about what might be coming. And and on that note, 2021 is obviously going to be another interesting year with all of these things on the horizon. What do you think is next on the roadmap and what should mobility brands be taking note of going into the next 12 months? Yeah, I think e-mobility is definitely on the rise. Uh, we will see more spectacular electric models. We, we've seen electric super sports cars like the Porsche Taycan already. Mm-hmm. A few days ago, I saw the all-electric Hummer uh, was introduced and will be released in 2022. There is the Audi e-tron GT, which will be released in 2021. So there are going to be some great and beautiful BEFs out there and and BEF, BEF standing for battery electric vehicle. And with those new cars, more connect services and business models around e-mobility will emerge. And we will also see more transactional services and digital business models in and around the car. Transactional services could be, for example, in-car retail services, which allows you to to shop in or, or out of your car. An example for digital business models could be usage-based insurance, which means using vehicle data about driving behavior to tailor your individual insurance offers. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, trends like autonomous driving or the implementation of highly integrated mobility as service offers will require some more time, I think. So I do not expect huge leaps in 2021 in those fields. However, OEMs must be prepared for the future and and for those future initiatives. 
And since these initiatives are very costly, I also see more strategic partnerships or strategic alliances coming up either among OEMs or probably also partnerships with OEMs and, and other technology partners or even startups which offer new and innovative technologies. Mm-hmm. If we talk a little bit more about e-mobility, I think one of the, the primary things for people when they think about e-mobility is the idea is great, people are more environmentally conscious, they want to do the right thing. And of course, these new e-mobility options are becoming you know, much more attractive. We're seeing much better looking cars, much, much more attractive buying options. But the problem still remains that the infrastructure isn't in place to support these these vehicles yet. You know, if we think about inner cities, we think about high-rise flats, if everybody has an electric vehicle, we're not in a position yet to to be able to have everyone charging those cars on the street side. How far in the future do you think we are around solving that problem? I think we're already there. Um, the The thing is, um, you are right. We need to do more in terms of enhancing the infrastructure, but it's also a change in, in mentality, I think, because uh, today we are uh, used to going to a gas station, uh, spend there three to five minutes to put in gas, pay for it, and, and drive off. Mm. So that's that's a very distinct process we have there. On the other hand, in the future, you have to see that charging just happens. So you're not going to gas station to put in gas, but while you're at work, your car will charge. While you're asleep, your car will charge. Charging is something that happens on the side. And the other thing is that uh, the range of electric cars is increasing constantly. So it it's not really the case that you need to charge like every day or every few hours uh, to, to being able to drive some good place. But uh, um, a modern electric car has maybe 400, 500 kilometers of range. So you probably only charge once a week. So this is also some kind of change in mentality we need there. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. My other question is about, you mentioned autonomous driving a little a little while ago. Autonomous driving, do you feel this is really a realistic prospect? I know we're seeing a lot of autonomous cars on on the road now and and more and more companies are are discussing their autonomous car ventures. But is this really something that's going to take off in the real world, do you think? Or is it just uh, innovation innovation at pace? (laughs) (laughs) I think there are several scenarios. Uh, I mean, why are sports cars so attractive? Because there are people out there who want to drive sports cars and they want to drive them themselves. On the other hand, I think autonomous cars are very realistic uh, innovation. Uh, It it may take some years to reach this level five, so the fully autonomous car. Mm -hmm. But but still, if you look at a modern car, which is a what we call a level two car, if you switch on lane assist and adaptive cruise control, it's already able to drive for a few kilometers, mostly autonomously, which which is uh, very astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some uh, legal regulations uh, there which need to be adapted, of course. But this is a technology that I think will come and it will be very disruptive uh, and it will be a truly disruptive technology. Just think of the fact 
that you can sleep in your car while it's driving through the night. So uh, what, what does that mean for, for hotels, for example? You have to think of, of those things. So it's a disruptive technology, not only affecting the automotive industry, but also other industries and, and branches and services. Really, really fascinating. And the other thing that you touched upon was this changing, uh, changing business models and how, uh, how car manufacturers, OEMs, how they are interacting with the, their customers in a D2C basis primarily as well. What, you know, what are the interesting things that you're seeing around business models? I know that we're seeing a lot of changing ownership models in particular, there's subscription models, but different financing options as well. Can you tell me some more about what you're seeing from that point? I think you already mentioned that function on demand model where you can buy car functionalities for a certain time. So if if you're going to to the mountains during the weekend, you can activate your four-wheel drive for for 48 hours, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, These are very fascinating um, functionalities also from a technology side because they, they need a deep integration into the vehicle, which is kind of complicated. We will also see more digital services, not necessarily connected with the car, but around the car. So as I said, retail services, you can sit in your car, but you can go shopping, uh, something like that. Or, or we've recently integrated Alexa in, in the cars, so you can basically use Alexa from your car to to activate your lights in your home, open your garage door and something like that. So these are also models and and technologies uh, around the car, not necessarily in the car Mm -hmm. that will come up. Mm -hmm. There's so much to come, isn't there? And I think to wrap up our conversation, it would be really interesting to know what you would say to OEMs to car manufacturers who are thinking of embarking on some form of digital transformation, if they're thinking about some of the trends that you've been talking about but don't really know where to start yet, what would be your advice, the key things that they should be considering going into 2021 at the moment, do you think? You need definitely go into software. It won't be enough to, to focus on the hardware because then the software will be delivered by someone else. All those services the customers will use in the car, uh, be it infotainment, for example, entertainment, they will come from someone else if you do not integrate it in, in your vehicles or in your mobility services. As I said, the, the connected services, the digitalization of the vehicle has become as important as the driving experience. So you need to make up your mind to how you want to tackle this, this digitalization. Um, if you want to do it on your own or with a partner, uh, but you have to do it. Peter, it's been so interesting to speak to you. Thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast. And we wish you best of luck for 2021 and all the exciting things that are to come. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. You've been listening to the 25 Days of Transformation series from Valtech Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, then why not subscribe and keep up to date with all of the episodes in this series and a whole host of insights from the Valtech Cafe back catalogue. And if you'd like more information about what we do or to get in touch, why not visit us at valtech.com to find out the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.